Hey, what's going on everybody? Happy Monday and welcome to episode 27 of Real Talk Real Estate here on the Aaron Advantage. Uh, last week I started talking about some things for some buyers um, and tonight I'm going to continue that conversation to try to do some things to help buyers avoid things that could cause delays in the process. I'm also going to talk about some other things that could come up that could cause some delays in the process um, on either side of the transaction, things to avoid, things that you can kind of control, but some things may be out side of your control as well. So I want to get that going this evening. As always, if you know anybody who's looking to buy a home, make sure you tag them in the comments down below or share this video if you're watching it after I'm live to make sure that anybody who's looking to buy gets this great information so that they are good to go and they're up to date with all the great stuff that they need to know if they're looking to buy a home. Uh, first off, I want to thank Nikki Gaskins Campbell. She is the author of this article that came up on Realtor.com. I'll make sure to link to the article down in the comments after I'm done finishing this up live. So you'll be able to check that out. Andrea, thanks for checking in. Uh, always right at the right time for you to watch. That's what I like to hear. That's why I'm trying to do it later in the evening so more people have an opportunity to tune in and make sure that they're getting this good information. So appreciate you tuning in every week. Be sure to share this every way. Uh, you showed this to your agents. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Hopefully more people are going to be tuning in, checking this out. I'm here to help, so let me know in the comments any questions you might have, any topics you want me to cover, anything you want to talk about in the real estate industry. That's what the show is here for, to help people out, whether you're a consumer or an agent or anybody else who has any kind of question. I'm trying to provide the most value I possibly can to the market and help people out as much as possible. So, as I said at the beginning, I am going to be talking about some things to avoid during the process of closing, if you've already got an accepted offer on the property uh, that you're purchasing, to try to make sure that you keep it going as smoothly as possible and keep your closing moving on time. The first thing I want to talk about, especially when you're buying a home, is do not make any expensive purchases. And I know you're going to be tempted to do so because you just got a new house. You're probably going to want a new couch and new furniture and new artwork and all this great stuff to decorate the new house that you're getting. But hold off on buying it because it can throw a huge wrench in the system, especially if you're doing anything that takes any kind of use of credit, whether you're putting it on a credit card, you're using store credit or anything else. The bank's going to do a credit report right before you go to closing. If they see any new debt, it's going to be a problem. For one thing, if it's something that keeps you within your limit of your DTI or your debt to income where you're good to still be able to purchase the home, it could delay things because you're going to have to go through and explain all of those purchases and why you made them and what happened and why they were in your credit and all this other stuff. On the other side, it could put you over the debt to income line. It could completely take your ability to purchase that home away. So if you're thinking of making any kind of purchases before you ever run your credit card or anything else, always talk to your lender and get that reminder of whether or not you should be doing anything like that. It's a great idea to make sure throughout the entire process once you're under contract, stay in contact with your lender and your realtor so any questions you have throughout that process, they can answer and help you to try to keep any delays from happening or ultimately possibly even lose the home. You would be shocked to hear how many times I've heard of these things happening that could cause a real problem. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is verification issues. And what I mean by that is verification of different aspects of the transaction. If you're someone who's been renting previously, there's a possibility that your lender is going to contact your landlord to try to get verifications of rents if that's one of the limited credit lines that you have available uh, for them to verify some different types of payments that you may have made. Uh, the other thing is obviously they're going to try to check with your HR department at the place where you work to verify your employment to make sure that you're still able to 
uh, to purchase the home because you still have an income that they're basing your loan off of. So those are a couple things that if you know they're coming up, kind of give your landlord a heads up, kind of give your employer a heads up. Say, hey, I'm purchasing a home. They're going to be contacting you. I really need you to make sure that you get these questions answered, these forms filled out if there are any, as quickly as possible because I don't want to delay the process. Another thing is verification of different types of money, especially earnest money. This is a big one that I'm dealing with right now, especially with like first time home buyers. Uh, myself, I'm a millennial. I never carry cash. I hardly use checks. Um, there's a lot of people who don't even have checks or anything else at all right now. Verification of your earnest money is something that your lender's always going to want to do. And if you pay cash for your earnest money or get like a cashier's check that you paid cash for or a money order or anything else like that, that can cause problems because they can't source those as a verified source of money that is proven to be yours. And that's a big deal because if you have a required down payment at the closing or required money out of your pocket, they have to be able to verify that money. So a lot of times we have ways around this. We can go through, fill out some paperwork to get the earnest money returned to you at the closing, things of that nature. But it can slow the process down. That's ultimately something that you want to try to avoid as much as possible. Also, your lender may need some additional information from you throughout the process. I know I've worked with several buyers throughout my entire career, been doing this over a decade, that they just feel like every time they turn in a piece of paper, the lender's asking for something else. And they feel like, why couldn't they just tell me this on the front end? The truth is, is sometimes there may be additional documentation that they request because they didn't know they were going to need it. As they go through the underwriting process and additional stuff comes up, they may find, hey, you know what? Unfortunately, I thought we had it all. There's another document that I'm going to need, and they're going to ask for that. The faster you can get it to them, the quicker it gets in their hands, and they can review it and make sure they've got everything they need for your loan, the better off you're going to be. So make sure you have all your documents ready on the front end as much as you possibly can, and then really work with your lender when they are asking for additional stuff because ultimately they're trying to get it done as quickly as possible for you because they know how much you want your home and they're going to try to do everything they can. But if something comes up and they have additional stuff that they have to provide to their underwriters, they're going to need that information from you. Uh, the next one that I want to talk about is title issues. Now, title issues could be something that comes up that nobody really foresaw. Um, it could be that maybe there's an old easement on the property that people didn't realize were there. Uh, you're going to have to get information figured out about that. Uh, it could be something where um, there's a discrepancy. Um, this is one that I had happen recently where the purchaser uh, that I was representing, when they did a title search and they had uh, the lien and the judgment search that they do against the buyer and the seller, some stuff came up that looked like it was associated with the buyer. Truth is, and my buyer just had a really common name, but they had to go through and prove that all these judgments that came up in that name when they did the initial search were not actually against them. It takes a little bit of time, some documentation you're going to have to provide, but those are things that can come up that are unforeseen that could potentially delay your closing, which is something that's going to potentially make it take a little bit longer. Um, another thing that could come up, especially in our area, southwest Indiana here, we have a lot of wind storms, we have a lot of uh, thunderstorms, we get hail, we've had tornadoes, there's other things that can happen that can cause damage to the property. Now, ultimately, there's different options that you're going to have depending on how much damage is done to the property, the type of loan that you're going through, all of these other additional things uh, that play into it. But ultimately, 
any kind of damage to the property is going to delay it somewhat because both parties are going to want to take a look at it. It's going to go through and put everybody in another round of negotiations. There's going to be additional things that have to be discussed. And if you get to the point where insurance has to get involved, say you have a hailstorm that comes through, damages the roof really bad, and it needs to be replaced. Now, if you're you know, a cash buyer or a commissional buyer with a ton of down payment, you may have an option where you can go ahead and say, you know what, no big deal. Go ahead, file the claim. We'll get the money. We'll go ahead and put the roof on when we get a chance. It's not going to happen if you're like an FHA buyer or a VA buyer. Once that damage is done and they're going to need to have that stuff taken care of, those items have to be addressed prior to closing. And we have to get approval on that before we can schedule your closing. So property damage is one of those things that no matter what, there's going to be an additional period of time necessary to take a look at it to find out exactly what needs to happen. And depending on the de varying degrees of the damage, it could be anywhere from a week extension to a couple weeks, or if it's during like a time of disaster where you have a tornado that comes through and a bunch of houses are damaged at the same time, you could be looking at potentially a month or longer on your closing extension. So those are some of the things that exist that can delay closing. As I said at the very beginning of the video, I do have a link to this article that was written for Realtor.com that I'll put in the comments down below so you can check out. There was actually a list of 14 things on there that can delay your closing. So check those out. Let me know your thoughts in the comments down below. And also let me know if you find or think of any other items that could come up that could delay your closing. Um, I'm always looking to see what your, what your thoughts are on that. Now, the biggest reason I want to talk about why delaying closing is a bad thing is the fact that in our area, we're typically looking at about a 30-day time period from the time you write the offer to the time that you close on the property. The average across the nation is hovering right around 44 days from accepted offer to closing right now. So we're doing a little bit better on most of the transactions that I have going through. I'm closing right around uh, 21 to 30 days most of the time. So that's great. Now, when you get into a position where you might have any kind of delays, if you're in a position where you have um, a lease that you're trying to get out of or you're overlapping times of possession or anything else like that, especially in an area like ours where you have 30 days of possession after closing, that can get to a kind of a murky situation. So if you have those dates set, it's best to keep everything moving on a schedule because it makes everything work a whole lot easier. On the flip side, because we are in such a limited inventory market with a ton of buyers and not a whole lot of houses to sell them to, if you get in a position where there's any kind of backup offer behind yours and it might be a little more enticing to the seller, um, guess what? There's potential if there's any kind of delay, they may not want to extend the closing uh, at that point in time. So things like that can happen as well. So always, always, always do everything you can to make sure that you are operating as much as possible within the time frames of, or time frames of the original contract and keep all these things moving so you can keep it going and not have any delays. I want to thank everybody who's been tuning in this evening and checking out this episode of Real Talk Real Estate. Like this video, share it with your friends, tag anybody in the comments who's buying a home who wants this information to make sure they can keep things rolling on time, and let me know what you're thinking about or what you want to hear about next week. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great Monday evening.